0: Psalm chapter 63 and verse 1. When I was going through a rough time in my life, a good friend by the name of Bill Dickey in Texas uh, drew alongside me and was a prayer partner with me. And he really helped me to go through that difficult time of my life. How did he do that? Well, he helped me to draw near to the Lord. Uh, now, I was having uh, personal devotions, uh, I was doing other things, but uh, in those times of Christian fellowship, when we pray, sometimes there'd be an encouragement from him, uh, other times there might be a scripture shared, uh, but what, what happened was, is I drew close to the Lord. And in that drawing close to the Lord, I found what I needed. For that circumstance, isn't God faithful to bring what we need when we need it? Uh, And uh, each of us needs to be in contact with the Lord. We need to be in touch with him. We need to draw close to him so that we can find uh, the nourishment spiritually that we need. Uh, David here is um, sharing this psalm with us, this prayer from his heart. Uh, and you see some things about David in this psalm, some things he's, d- he's doing, uh, some heart attitudes that he has, uh, and also the fact that he's going to God in prayer. Uh, and all of these things combined are helping him uh, to draw near to God. And we as God's people need to take steps to draw near to God as well. And so if you will look with me at Psalm 63, we're going to begin reading in verse one, the title of my message is Drawing Close to God. God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate, and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary. By the way. God wasn't physically present in the sense of being able to be physically seen in the sanctuary. What's he talking about? He's talking about seeing God and and meeting with God in that place in a spiritual way. Okay, He says, "I, I, I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. So I will praise you. As long as I live at your name, I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches because you are my helper. I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. But those who seek to destroy my life will go into the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the power of the sword. They will become the jackal's prey. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by him will boast, for the mouths of liars will be shut. Drawing close to God. How do you draw close to God? We're going to see several things. First of all, I want you to see you thirst for him. Thirst. Thirst for God. It says, God, you're my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that's dry, desolate, without water. So I gaze on you in your sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. Thirst. Thirst. Uh, some of you probably remember when you first fell in love, those of you who were married, uh, y- you remember how you began to want to spend time with that person, right? You begin to thirst for, I mean, you just wanted to spend time with them, you thought about them, you, you, you took extra steps, extra measures so that you could be with that person and hopefully you still do. But uh, there is a thirst that's there, you got that? There's a thirst to be with that person. We need to have a thirst in our hearts for God. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Um, The Bible says uh, he, he that seeks me with all his heart will find me. There needs to be a thirst in our heart. We say, well, preacher, how in the world do you have a thirst in your heart? Well, some of you may have that thirst. Maybe you are at a spiritual high in your life. you have got your thirsty for God. It's there. Uh, you, you don't have to go looking for it. Others of you may be struggling. Uh, if you're like most, most people, including me, there are times through your life where you're, uh, sh- you will struggle uh, in seeking after God. There won't be that thirst for God the way it should be there. So what do you do in that circumstance? Well, one thing you can do is, first of all, tell God about it. Say, Lord, my heart is not thirsty for you. God, I don't have a heart that seeks after you. And then ask God. Say, Lord, will you please change my heart? Give me a thirst for you. And if there's any sin in my life that may be uh, quenching that desire for you, Lord, will you show me that so that I can confess it to you? But, Lord, I want to thirst for you. I I want to have a heart for you. That's a prayer God delights to answer. And as you thirst for him, guess what? you seek me, and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Uh, David knew what it meant to thirst for God. And as a result, he had a close walk with the Lord. He walked with God. Why? Because he had a heart for God. Have you ever been on a date with somebody and you could tell they really didn't want to be with you? I have. Isn't that miserable? I tell you, nobody wants to go on a date like that. Uh, You know, and uh, you're just kind of counting the time till the date is over so that you can find relief, right? Uh, Nobody wants to have somebody not desire to be with them. Uh, The same thing is true of God. He wants us as his children to have a thirst for him. So make sure... Uh, You are praying for that thirst if you don't have it, um, that you're drawing close to God in daily devotions uh, so that you can develop uh, that thirst for God. That's one way you draw close to God. Secondly, not only do you thirst, you praise. Praise. Look at what he says in verse 4. So I will praise you as long as I live. What is praise? Praise is just telling someone else something good about themselves. Um, we had this thing we did one time when I was in a youth group. Uh, it's called a love feast. And you sit around in a circle, and each person in the circle says something good about each. Uh, uh, if it's your turn, everybody in the group says something good about you. How would you like that? No negative comments allowed, no no sarcasm allowed, okay? Just genuine, positive comments. That was, it was a neat thing. And you could see some people begin to tear up, and they begin, a tear would begin to come down their cheek. Why? Because somebody had said something good about them. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that never hear much good said about them. Uh, and uh, that's something good that we can do for other people. But God wants us to praise Him. He wants us to say good things about him. There's a whole lot of good things that we can say about God, isn't He? He keeps his promises. Praise God that he's faithful to keep his promises. He loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Uh, He is merciful. Aren't you glad for that one? Praise God for his mercy. Say, Lord, I just praise you because you're merciful. Uh, praise God because he answers your prayers. Say, God, I, I praise you that you're the kind of God that cares about the circumstances of my life. Whatever it is, you may be reading the scripture and you come across a verse of scripture and it, and it uh, says something about God that you didn't know. Maybe it's the, the scripture that says, uh, where David says of the Lord, all my days are written in your book. You knit me together In my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord you have my hairs numbered. You know when I sit and when I write. You might just say Lord I I praise you. You care about me. You are intimately uh, aware of the details of my life. You care about me in a way that no one else cares about me. I praise you for that Lord. You get the idea. Anything good that you can say about the Lord, uh, that helps you to draw near to God. Um, there's a scripture that says, enter his courts with thanksgiving and into, into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. What's he talking about? Well, when the Israelite people would walk up the incline to Jerusalem, uh, they would do so at, at singing songs of ascents. And you can find actually find those in the Psalms, they called Psalms of Ascent when so they ascended up to Jerusalem. And they would enter into the gates of Jerusalem and then into the gates of the temple with Thanksgiving. They would enter into the courts. So they had the, the court of the Gentiles, the court of the women, uh, the court of the men and so forth, and then the, the inner part where the priests were. Uh, and they would enter into his courts with praise and it was a a visual way of demonstrating what happens when we praise God we draw near to him um when you praise other people you draw near to them somewhat don't you uh i i had a guy named Mike Laswell uh he was a manager at Hardy's where i worked when i was in college and uh Mike was a great guy, a- and, and I would sometimes get frustrated or something, and, and he'd say, say, good job, Roger. We appreciate you. You know, he's just constantly praising you. Boy, that was a great job on such and so. That was great, just constantly. Guess what? He was my favorite manager. <laughs> uh, we, we enjoy praise as human beings, don't we? God delights in our praise and one way that you can draw near to god is by praising him you can do that in prayer you can do that um, silently as you drive along in your car i praise you for your beautiful creation lord that you made Uh, whatever but make sure you're doing that praise the lord so drawing close to god first of all thirst for him second praise third think Well, What in the world does thinking have to do with drawing close to God? Well, I'm glad you asked. David says this in verse 6. When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches. God was the subject of David's thoughts. Now, not all the time, okay? Obviously, he's just like you and me. But David would sit and he would think about the things of God. As he lied on his bed, he would wake up in the middle of the night. Maybe they were changing watches. You know, he was a king, so there was probably somebody guarding his door. Maybe it woke him up when they changed shifts. But he would be sitting there, he'd be thinking about the things of God. Uh, If you read Psalm 119, you find out that David delighted in God's Word. Uh, One of the things that I've noticed is that the longer I've been a Christian and the more I've learned about God the more precious these truths become. Sometimes i learn something new. Sometimes i learn about something I already know, but I'll learn some, uh, something more of the significance of what it means. Um, when, when I was a kid, I used to sing, Redeemed how I loved to proclaim it. Well, it, you know, it didn't mean a whole lot to me because I really wasn't sure I understood what redeemed meant. But now I have done studying on on redemption in in my my bible in my quiet time i've done it in sermons i've done it at school uh you know and and you know what i found when i begin to to learn what these things mean in god's word it enriches my worship i begin to sing redeemed how i love claiming i think well boy redeemed means he set me free redeemed mean he pays the price for my sins you know, I begin to think about all these things that it means, and I begin to think, Lord, you are good. Hallelujah. I praise you. And so my, my thinking about the things of God and my thinking about what he's done for me, all of these things move me toward praise. And so uh, somebody once said that theology is the queen of the sciences. I believe that's true. Not only because God's Word is rich and and it's it's, it's easy enough to understand the gospel for a small child, but it's so deep that theologians who spend their whole life studying it can't get to the bottom of it. It's an amazing thing that God has given us. But also because when we study the things of God, we learn about Him. We learn about how He feels about us. We learn about what He's done for us. We learn about his faithfulness. We learn about his sovereignty and how he is in charge in the crazy times of our lives. We, we learn about how he is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. And we learn these truths about God, and as we learn them, our heart is just filled with amazement. There have been times, I, I remember a, a few years back, I, we were doing a series on redemption, and and... This is one of the blessings I get. I can't share everything with you that I get in the study. Okay? It's just not time. And you'd probably be asleep by the end of it anyway. But one of the blessings was as I studied for those messages, sometimes that God would show me something about his redemption or about his justification or reconciliation whatever it is. And as I studied those things, oftentimes I'd just be overwhelmed with God's goodness and his love for me. And tears would begin to roll down my cheeks. In my study. Have you ever had that happen? You ever read something in God's Word? Maybe it it speaks to you just at your point of need. And you become overwhelmed and say, Lord, that's exactly what I needed today. And it moves you. See, that's what He's talking about. He's thinking about God, He's thinking about the things of God. And as he thinks about them, it draws him closer to Him. It motivates him to praise God. It motivates, it, gets, it creates a thirst in his heart to want to be with the Lord. This is so important for uh, growing in your relationship with the Lord. People think, well, you know, it doesn't matter whether I read my Bible, doesn't matter whether I go to church and he, and hear things uh, from God's Word, doesn't matter if I go to Sunday school. It's all optional. It doesn't really matter. I can worship God on the golf course. Let me tell you something. You can worship God anywhere, but God has commanded us to be in His house for a reason. Because through the study of His Word with other believers, Sunday school, uh, we have Christian fellowship, and it helps us think about God. Just like my friend Bill would minister to me, you could be ministered to in that small group setting as you Offer up your concerns for prayer as you discuss the Word of God and share what God has done in your life. It builds you up. It fills your soul uh, as you hear from the Word of God as it's preached. By the way, that is God's designed way of feeding the body of Christ. You're going to be hungry spiritually if you're not in God's house. And so thinking about the things of God are important. It's important to do that. So he says, I think of you, I meditate on you. Psalm 1 talks about the man that fears the Lord and and that seeks after him. And it says, He meditates on your word day and night. And then it goes on to say, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Can I tell you, thinking about the things of God is important. It's important. So, um, the great thing about that, you don't have to be a theologian to do that. You don't have to have a degree to do that. You don't have to be a preacher to do that. Uh, you could sit, sit, I can remember as just a child, newly saved, hearing something that ministered to my heart. Uh, you could be from the cradle to the grave. Well, cradle might be a little young. You don't comprehend the words. But it, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. God can speak to you through his word. And so uh, make sure you let that thinking about the things of God be a part of your life. Because it will enrich you spiritually. It will draw you close to the Lord. And it will help you worship. So drawing close to God. You uh, You thirst? Praise, think, fourthly, follow, follow. Look at verse 8. I follow close to you. Or I like, kind of like the King James, I follow hard after you. It has the idea, the Hebrew word has the idea of being glued to someone, uh, just following them intently. Um, I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. Follow him. Uh, God is at work. When you find out where He's at work and you join Him and you follow Him and what He has for your life and you do the things that God wants you to do, it draws you closer to Him. There's something about service, serving the Lord, and it doesn't really matter the kind of service. You you may be washing dishes or sweeping floors. It doesn't matter. Uh, You may be going to somebody who's sick and ministering to them, whatever it is. The service of following after Jesus, fulfilling his purpose for your life is important. God has gifted you, if you're a child of God, he's gifted you with spiritual gifts that he intends for you to use. As you use those things and you follow God in service in those ways... You will draw close to the Lord, and you will grow spiritually. That's why service is important. It's not just important because the church needs people to serve. It's important because you need to serve as God's child so you can grow and become what God wants you to be. Also, your service may be outside the walls of this church. You may have uh, ministry to lost people. You may be serving people who are in need out in this community. You may be praying for them. You may be witnessing to them. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. What God has told you to do, you need to do. And what what you'll find is that when you follow God and what he's told you to do, that relationship will grow sweeter. It's just part of the way we draw near to God. You remember uh, the story of Samuel. Samuel was a young boy. His mother had brought him to uh, dedicate him to serve as a priest. He's being raised up in Eli's household, the high priest's household. And one night he's laying in bed and hears the words, Samuel, Samuel. He thinks Eli's calling him, so he hops up, runs into Eli's room in the middle of the night. Hey, Eli, you called me. Here I am. No, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. Well, three times this happens, and finally, Eli begins to get wise to the thing, and he says, well, uh, he says, Samuel, God's calling you. You just say, speak, Lord, your servant hears, and then listen to what he has to say. And, and sure enough, that's what Samuel did. He listened uh, to the Lord, and he said, speak, for your servant hears, and God gave him a prophecy about Eli about Eli's family, and about the future of Israel, and how God would raise up a priest who would serve God after his own heart. That priest was Samuel. Samuel listened, and he, he followed God at the different stages of his life. And you know what happened when Samuel became an adult? He walked closely with God. And the Bible says that God did not let any of his words fall to the ground. He was, he was used by the Lord. He had a great relationship with God, People would come to Samuel to find out what God wanted. And and you remember King Saul. He was looking for Samuel. Why? Because he needed to hear from God. Would that not be great if the people of South Clinton Baptist Church were so in touch with the Lord, so walking with God, that people out in this community knew it and would come to you, would come to me, to hear what God has to say. Um. This is why we follow the Lord. Because as we follow him, we draw close to him. And we grow in our walk with him. So, in order to follow and draw close to the Lord, we need to thirst, praise, think, follow, and finally trust. Verses 9-11. through As David's praying, he says, Those who seek to destroy my life, will go into the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the power of the sword. They will become the jackal's prey. But the king will rejoice in God. And all those who swear by him will boast. For the mouths of liars will be shut. What is David saying? He's saying, God, as I have drawn close to you, my faith is increased. And I trust you. And I know that you're going to act. That you're going to to be involved in the circumstances of my life. And I know that my enemies aren't going to succeed against me. And I know, Lord, that I'm going to rejoice in you. And Lord, I know that you're going to be doing this and this and this. Why? Because I trust in you. When you draw near to the Lord, it increases your faith. But by faith, you draw near to the Lord. It's in faith that we see your face. Scripture says. So, how do you trust in God? Well, there's several things that will help you with your trust in God. First of all, you need to be a Christian. Uh, now, you can take the first step of trusting in Christ without being a Christian. Okay? And that is to make a decision to turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus to forgive you and give you eternal life. And God will do that because Jesus died for your sin and rose again. But, uh, but... Faith, as far as a normal walk of faith with God, uh, comes after a person is saved. (coughs) Unbelievers can believe that God exists. They can even believe things about God. But trust in God is something that we have as children of God. How do we develop that trust? Well, one of the ways is to be in God's Word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So faith is developed through God's word. Scripture says this. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So faith is developed through God's word. Faith is also developed through the power of the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Excuse me. Faith is developed through the power of the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. That word faithfulness can also be translated faith and (coughs) self-control. So faith is developed through the power of the Holy Spirit. That means that when I am struggling in my faith, I can go to God and I can say, Lord, I'm struggling in my faith. I'm struggling. I'm not trusting you the way I should. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Holy Spirit, trust through me. And the Holy Spirit will do that. He will quicken you, strengthen you, so that you can trust in God in the way that you should. Another way to grow in your faith is just to pray. And then begin to see God answer specific prayers in your life. God will use that to boost your faith. Christian fellowship is another way to boost your faith. As you hear what God is doing in the lives of other people, it strengthens you. It encourages you. So, trust in God. Now, any relationship is strained when there's not trust, right? God wants us to trust Him. And after all, he has earned the right to have us trust him, hasn't he? How much better could you do than send your own precious son to die for the sake of those you love? That merits our trust. God deserves our trust. And so, uh, you know what I've found? i found that God is faithful. I didn't say that things always went right for me in my life, that things always happened the way I wanted them to happen. But I will say this, God has always been faithful. (laughs) And even in those difficult times, even in the struggles, God has been there with me. And he has provided what I've needed. Uh, And he will do the same for you. You need to trust God. That's one of the important things for drawing close to the Lord. (coughs) How do you draw close to the Lord? You thirst, you praise, you think you follow and you trust. And as you do this in prayer, God will meet with you. You'll draw close to him. Um, Draw near to me, God promises, and I will draw near to you. Will you draw near, Christian? Will you take advantage of that great, awesome relationship with God? Jesus said that I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. Where does abundant life come from? I'll tell you, it comes from a person. It's not what you own. It's not who you know. It comes from Jesus Christ, a person, a relationship. That's what abundant life's all about. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ. I've been encouraging people to draw near to Christ today in prayer And if you don't know Christ, there's a problem because sin is a barrier between you and God. You can't draw close and have that relationship with God that God wants you to have (coughs) because in God's eyes, you're guilty. Any sin that you've committed is enough to bar you from the presence of God. You cannot draw near to God as an unbeliever. So what did God do? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God brought his son to take the penalty for your sin. He also lived the perfect life in your place so that when you make a decision to turn from your own way and from your sin to follow Jesus, And you receive that gift of forgiveness by faith. God will save your soul. He'll give you heaven. He'll give you a relationship with him. The barrier will be removed. The greatest step you can ever take of drawing near to Jesus is to make the step to receive his salvation. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that here in just a moment. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father... Thank you for this time that we can spend together, that we can hear from your word. Uh, Father, help us to draw near to you. And Father, give us the the joy of walking with you. Uh, Father, help us to thirst for you. Help us to think about you and to praise you and to follow you and all of the things, God, so that we can draw near.